0: Death Holler is a horror cast created by two true horror fans to bring to the table your favorite horror films. Topics include, but are not limited to, historical horror, gore, the occult, and terror. Listener discretion is advised.
1: You lost the two little dark souls that you had finally collected. What uh, your children? What what happened with that?
0: That was embarrassing. La Yarena does not lose children once she gets her hold on them. Um, But we were at obviously Universal Studios Hollywood, Hollywood Horror Nights, which was my first time going to that, and I had so much fun. I mean, aside from the, th- the one thing that sucked was you have to wear masks everywhere, outside, inside, only in the park, though. But if you're at uh, Universal Walk, which is the area, we have a city walk right outside. I don't know if you guys have something like that.
1: Yeah, they have one Universal. down there. Yeah, they have it in okay. Orlando that way.
0: You don't have to wear masks mask outside. But once you get into the park, the magical barrier disappears and you can get COVID whether you're outside or inside
1: that's just weird. So
0: yes. So aside from that, um, we went into every single, you know, haunted attraction that they had. And my, the one I was the most excited for was exactly, it wasn't exactly how I pictured it, but it was mostly how I pictured it. We were shuttled in these tour buses that we have at Universal Studios. And while you're on the bus, they're playing clips of, What's going on? And there's this lady that's holding a baby and she's crying like, hey, don't go to this party because we're going to go to this purge party. And she's like, don't go. They're lying to you. They're they're killing us all. <laughs> it's the forever purge. Excuse me as I'm ch- getting choked up about it. It was so amazing. <laughs> um <laughs> She so we're like, okay, and she's like, please help us. You got to help us. And we stop at this area. And she's like screaming, help me help me and everything goes black. And she's like, like it goes the lights go back on and she's wearing a purge mask and she's like, help me kill everyone. So she's one of them. She throws the baby to the ground that she was holding, which was obviously not a real baby. For any sensitive folks out there, I don't know why you're on this podcast. <laughs> and all these people start attacking the tour bus, which was so amazing. So we get out of the tour bus, and my kids bolt. They are, well, one was bolting because she wanted to help with the purge. Wow. A little devil. And the other one was running because he was terrified for his life, legitimately terrified. And we lost them. I lost the little one for just, I feel, looking at the video that I posted, it was just a second, but it felt like forever. And more than anything, we were being pushed away from them because if you've seen the video, you saw me getting attacked by someone, by one of the Purge characters, which is fun. And then my camera just kind of does its own thing because at this point, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm getting separated from my children. Those are my souls. You can't have them. (laughs) And... I didn't even know where the boy was. I couldn't see him. Fortunately, apparently the hubs and I were on the right path. I had my eyes on the daughter. He had his eyes on the boy. I don't know if he ever lost sight of him. I literally had to punch through a crowd of people, reach my hand between this couple that was holding hands, and yank my daughter through them to get her back. And she thought she was in trouble. I was like, no, 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 no. You're you're fine. People are pushing me away from you. And they were mad for a second until they realized, holy crap, she lost her kids, you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it made the experience that much funner.
1: Yeah, I, I can ima- I only imagine how scary that would be. But at the same time, it just it, it perfectly encapsulates what you would want in that particular haunt.
0: Yes. Now, the rest of The Purge was pretty much what you see in the movies. A lot of... Um, it felt like it was making fun of a lot of what you would consider a right-winged person in the media where there was a lot of that <clears throat> you-won't-take-our-freedom spelled horribly, uh, <laughs> things like that. And I was like, uh, okay, is this what we're doing? Like, you know, there was it just was that over and over. And I was like, you know, the purge is better than just that. Why do, you know, those have to be the only bad people they had – Some amazing characters dressed up, jumping at people. They had, um, I have to post photos, but um, in Universal Studios Hollywood, they have a, not legitimate, like, you know, plane crash, but they have this huge plane just ripped apart. It looks like it's crashed. They had dead bodies hanging out of it. They've always kind of had that. It's part of the tour you get. When When you take these tour buses, you normally drive through. This was us walking through, only they had characters from The Purge just wreaking havoc. Uh, it was by far my favorite. Um, but I'm going to kind of move on from that one because I saw so much more. I did go into Halloween 4, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Exorcist, The Haunting of Hill House, Pandora's Box, Bride of Frankenstein. Um, and they, they were all really good. They they were very well done. Uh, and I know you and I had different houses um, mm-hmm. And you remember a lot more details. You went into Bride of Frankenstein and I didn't remember at the end that they were together. Um, I had only seen where she was basically, I don't know. I don't know if she killed him and reanimated him for a specific reason.
1: No what the it, Hubs
0: agrees with you. She was reanimated or he what? was reanimated at the end by her.
1: How they what they were basing it on was the end of the Bride of Frankenstein movie that you know the old one the black and white one where he you know like uh, Frankenstein gets upset because she when she first sees him she screams and she basically rejects him and the whole movie he spent, he just wants a mate because he's you know by himself and yeah. when, whenever she rejects him that's whenever he tells you know Doctor Frankenstein and. Uh, who I don't remember. There's somebody else there, but he tells them to go. That you know, it's that's better for those two to be dead than you know for him to live in you know uh, loneliness for the rest of his life or you know whatever. However long he's gone, because you know he's animated, so he might live forever. So he pulls like this switch or, or starts like destroying like the electrical equipment. It causes this huge explosion, which that's how the movie ends. But this starts out, you know, whenever at least in Orlando, you walked in and you saw like projected on a screen through kind of like a uh, you you could see it through like there was a, a castle wall and it was like broken like bricks that were taken out of it. And you could see projected that final scene where everything exploded. And then the next scene was uh, the bride had lived and, you know, for whatever reason, she changed her mind because Frankenstein was the only one killed in the explosion, and she was trying her best to, like, lift this, like, big stone pillar or whatever off of his body, and she was like, and, you know, and she would scream at you as you walked by, you know, in her agony or whatever, and it kind of, and the whole thing, is like her trying to, she's, you know, she she wants her mate now, so she's trying to bring him back, and, you know, she's trying to use the blood of uh Uh, Dracula's Brides, you know, to reanimate him is the, you know, the gist of it.
0: Oh, my God. And, you know, I miss so many details. I feel like I do need to go into these attractions more than once. Oh, Um, even though our Fast Pass was only good. Yeah. And I'm terrible with details, but I legitimately get so terrified in these attractions that um, it's not that I close my eyes. I think I only remember just the scary parts. I don't remember the fun details. Um Which was weird because I had told you about the last time I had been into the Walking Dead attraction. I remembered details, but I didn't quite remember the zombies. I knew that they were there because I had my eyes closed so tightly. I was so scared. Uh, This time, I kept my eyes open. And I'm glad I did because I'm glad I did. But I'm also bittersweet about it because they didn't do a great job with the zombies' makeup and costumes. And they look, in my opinion, a little cheap. Mm -hmm. So the mask looked like these cheap. I have a zombie mask that we bought from the Dollar Tree many moons ago. And I like to paste it against people's windows at work um, to scare them, which has worked a few times. I'm so (laughs) proud of myself. And it kind of looked like that. it's a really horribly done mask. Um, Gets the point across of a ripped off face, you know, almost in a zombie like way. But they they looked really horrible. And I was like, oh, okay. But I did keep my eyes open for the other ones. I was a good girl this time. I just got scared a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The... I think you brought this up whenever we was talking about offline the thing about universal though is their their production quality. It's not necessarily the scariness at least the people who are used to that sort of thing. In fact, a lot of people who are you know are going for the first time but like are seeking the scare factor and that's kind of like their thrill junkies in that sense tend to be disappointed a little bit with Universal, not because like I said, not the productions off the you know the charts, but it's always like. You know, they, they go and they're like, well, it's a little bit tame versus some of the others because they don't allow the, you know, actors, the scare actors to touch you or, you know, to get. Oh, they know, were be-
0: touching, though, by accident, but they were touching. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I mean, it happens by accident, but I mean, like, they don't grab you or anything like some of the other haunts that where they have you sign waivers and all that stuff. So some people, so it it's one of those ones that, like. Once you get used to the quality of it, it's hard to go back to just like the local haunts where, you know, you have what you're unfortunately what you had with the, you know, walking dead where you can tell it's just like store bought spirit Halloween mask or whatever. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it it, ease, it it can ease some people into the, you know, the haunted house thing that wouldn't normally do it because they there's less of a barrier there, you know, to kind of get into it less scare factor as it were.
0: Absolutely. If you want to start off, it's still scary because you're like, I don't know, the thrill is still there for true scaredy cats like myself. Um, you know, like, go for it. Be You know, just do it. If you want to get into that, I've been into a lot of scary, you know, haunted attractions, if you will. Um, in Universal does do a great job. I'm gonna say, throw this out here, that I feel like the mainstream ones, the Halloween Four, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Exorcist, which they did a really good job with Exorcist, um, and Haunting of Hill House. I think the Exorcist and Haunting of Hill House were the most scary, if you're gonna say they're scary. So on the scare factor, they're up there, but really the non commercial ones like Pandora's Box and, um, Oh, my God, there was another one that we went through. I completely forgot the name. But those were actually scarier and very well put together. Um, So I I don't know. I I liked those. But if you really, really want to get your kicks and the thrills and the scares department, it's got to be for California, not Scary Farm, which it's not Berry Farm, but they turn into not Scary (laughs) Farm, which is amazing. It was way too packed. We did not have any fast passes. And, you know, so we only were able to make it through two or three attractions. They were amazing in terms of how they, you know, put put the homes together, the homes, the the attractions together to the actors literally hanging off the harnesses and flying down and like grabbing people. But not like maybe it was a quick grab on the shoulder, Mm -hmm. just enough to make you think it was an accident. But they were intending on doing that to scare you. They had a witch one. And they had a circus one, which I think, I feel like the circus, the scary circus theme seems to be, in, a, uh, a, in the past two, three years, seems to be a big thing lately.
1: Yeah, that that's one of the staples that they seem to go to in yeah. a lot of these houses.
0: They did really good. They had actors that were very, you know, uh, what's the word, limber, that could contort in all kinds of different ways. Um, they had, like tv screens all over with all these different screaming spirits you know trying to break through which looked amazing they went all out and i was like how much money in comparison to universal studios did they spend on their attractions because theirs in my opinion by far were greater
1: the one thing that has to be said uh, just as devil's advocate on this is and you know I'm, but I mean I totally agree with you that that sounds amazing is that um, I've heard not scary farm tends to repeat a lot of their houses. And they refine them as they go along, which, you know, that makes a world of difference because a lot of people don't realize Universal, like even if they use reuse props, which they do from like previous attractions, they make their it's it's almost like chalk, you know, drawings or chalk art. It's like it's there and then it's gone. Like, you know, so they they build everything up from scratch and then it's tore down and like they salvage what they can. And you never see that – they've only done, like, the same haunted house, like, maybe once or twice. And I think that was, like, American Werewolf in London was perhaps one of them and maybe – and it wasn't even the same exact one, it, it might have been Poltergeist, but, like, they, they literally build theirs up every year, so they're refining theirs as the season goes along, and everybody says that if you go early in September versus late in October, it's a totally different experience. Knots keeps theirs up, and they just, they're like, okay, that worked, that didn't, let's change this. So they have the, op- they have the benefit to their houses of, you know, they, they, they reuse the same ones, but they, they work on, you know, the scare factor that way, you know.
0: Okay, and you know what? I'll be able to for sure report on that uh, next year because we're definitely going back to Uh, knots. The Hubs didn't have as great a time at Universal, which I'm like, well, that's tough (laughs) because I want to go again. I loved it. All of them were busy no matter where you went. They were all busy. So, you know, it was one of those hurry up and wait. We just need to commit to the fast passes.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's sad, but that's kind of the only way that you can really, if, especially if you're not going for multiple nights. Um, but yeah, I, yeah um, the, the, the not scary, that, that's, I mean, I've heard that they maybe change a, a house or two out, but they tend to keep, but, you, but definitely, you know, report back on that and let me know if that's the case or not.
0: Will do. I will say that going through Haunt, Haunting of Hill House, that attraction finally prompted me to watch the show because I saw a lot of things in this house they did an amazing job the actresses they hired look like I'm only three episodes in right now so it looked like one of the woman spirits of the house um and I don't want to really well I guess so I'm way behind more than anyone so I really would be spoiling more myself than anything if no one has seen it but they, the, the actresses they hired to be the spirit, they all looked just like the one in the house that I've seen a few times. And they really kind of, it was just a carbon copy, legitimate, of going through the show and going through this attraction so far. So now that I've gone through the attraction and I'm starting to watch the show, I'm very impressed on what they put the production behind it basically they did a really good job
1: yeah and they and i I know they did a difference between that one and the one in orlando but both of them they just knocked it out of the park i mean they even like i don't know if they did the same thing in hollywood but like they actually recreated the entire front of hill house like as you were entering into the, the haunted house like in orlando like it they rebuilt or they built up like, I mean, it wouldn't like the size, obviously, but they recreated Hill House and you walked into like the front door of it.
0: You know, I don't remember the front front, but I know walking in, it looked like you were walking into the house and there was nothing like you were walking. I think that was the scariest part is because you kind of, I expected at first immediately because there was a staircase and i was like oh we're gonna get jump scared right here and we did not so like for the first i don't know 30 seconds of the walkthrough there were no scares so i think that built up the intensity more than anything because you're really psyching yourself out you know
1: it, it, well, yeah the, i could see that being that case it could have also been a situation though where you missed maybe like a preliminary scare where that stair was at sometimes that happens like if they're you know, like, if you're in between, like, you know, them changing, you know, or resetting for their, you know, the next, you know, time. Because Universal does, theirs, the word that, that scare actors don't actually scream or do any of the speaking. It's all, like, through recording. So, they're, the, you know, the scare actors save their voice. Oh. And so, That like, makes sense. And so, where it's timed that way, um, if, you know, like, somebody else caught the scream as it was coming in, and it's, like, set on a 30-second loop, you might have missed that initial when you walked in the door.
0: Yeah, and I did notice that. What I liked about the most about Universal Studios and Not Scary Farm is they do not hold off on the kids. They go for (laughs) it. And I'm like, thank you. This is what we brought them for. You terrorize these little shits.
1: (laughs) Well, it sounds like we've got someone at the door, so cue the music. I'll cue the music. Hello and welcome back to Death Holler for the final installment of The Devil's in the Details. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me as always is a spirit so dark and foul that even John Constantine fears her. La Urena. What deals are you making tonight, Urena?
0: Oh, goodness gracious. I can I don't get to make the deals like the devil. I just have to still I have to snatch those souls, you know? I don't there's no deal making on my end.
1: Yeah, you can't just go to a crossroads and expect it to happen. You got to actually get out there and do the work.
0: Yeah, you know, it's 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 a hard job somebody has to do it and I'm you know, glad it's me.
1: And you get all those truant kids off the street, so we all appreciate the the effort you put in on that.
0: Yeah, we call them little street rats, you know, just like Aladdin. <laughs>
1: Well, as I just mentioned, the episode wraps the, the first season of Death Holler, and we're going out with a double feature. Our first offering is the 1941 classic The Devil and Daniel Webster, about a Faustian deal gone wrong, as usual. And we conclude everything with a 2005 DC Vertigo-inspired film, Constantine, starring uh, Death Holler alum uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, to give each film its due and prevent Urana from having to spend forever in purgatory editing this damn thing we will not be (laughs) doing an Attack of the Bees or a Banner segment well outside of one little mention and uh, so buckle up and get ready Uh, before we get into all that though just uh, the regular podcast plug like subscribe and leave a comment and help our podcast grow now One thing I wanted to mention, and that's all the banter I'm going to do for this uh, episode, is that uh, I did watch Halloween Kills, and I recently watched a movie called The Medium on Shudder, and I would give both of those movies fours. Uh, I know there's a lot of... uh uh, you know, uh, split reactions to Halloween kills from the audience, and it seems like it's it, it's pretty standard that if you appreciated or liked the original uh, sequels that came along, 4, 5, and 6, uh, then you probably are going to hate the new movie. I, however, have only ever liked the first movie, and 3 because it's weird, and Michael Myers has been probably one of those movie villains that's, that's you know my uh insomnia treatment because he always puts me to sleep in the second act and i can tell you for a fact that the halloween kills does not do that this motherfucker is uh going to town like jason in this movie whether you like that or not it's when they say halloween kills he kills through the whole thing so that's Ugh, that's
0: so amazing
1: <laughs> i have um, not
0: seen it yet the children have and Thankfully, my son is not. Um, he's he doesn't give away spoilers. He's very good, but he was watching and he was he had been watching a death scene. I mean, it sounds like that was almost the entire movie, and all I heard was "oh, oh, oh!" Dang! And I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is the, I'm gonna like this." <laughs>
1: There is one part in the, uh, I mean, I liked several of the kills in this, which is always a sign of a good slasher. But there is a scene with this elderly couple, probably in the midway point of the movie, where they do some things uh, in that, that that were I was just like that. That's pretty invented. I'm, I've not seen that yet. So, and and even people who hate the movie are, tend to appreciate that scene. So that I'm good on them for you know. Up in the you know the the I don't know the just the menace factor to, to Michael Myers. I know some people say that that's not needed, but I mean it. It just depends on what your view is. I I, I mean for me it worked, and I've talked to uh, had a conversation with uh, Fred from the Scooby Gang, and he's right there with me. He said, "Bring on the the third movie that this Halloween Kills was you know right up his alley."
0: Oh my God! I we have it, so I have to. Uh... I need I need to watch it because obviously I'm watching other things right now. But after hearing my son's reactions and I've actually been reading online, I haven't had any spoilers. Um, People are very gracious. Thank you. Um, Even though I don't mind spoilers, obviously, you know that. (laughs) But um, from what I've heard, the people that don't like it. The things that they've been saying are re- sound like reasons why I would like it. And I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I can appreciate how you feel about it, but you're making me want to watch this more.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, it doesn't stand... I mean, like the plot... I'll agree with the, some of the detractors. The plot probably doesn't stand up to uh, extreme scrutiny, but what Slasher really does, I mean, honestly, even if you go back to the original movie, I mean, just the fact that they... You know, like well, even at the end of the movie, like they shoot him and he doesn't die. I mean, you know, like he 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 gets back up. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of look. Li- if you want to nitpick, you can nitpick every single slasher in existence. And uh, you know, I, I've heard, you know, the guys on Red Letter Media, they you know they trounced it because they you know they like the original movies or you know were overly critical about the plot. And then I heard, you know, like uh, the, the Dead Pit guys, they, they were, you know, going on about how they, they didn't like it, which I, I thought was funny with the Dead Pit guys because I've seen them defend uh, uh, a movie called Spookies. And that's probably the most retarded movie that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So I don't understand. Why, why do you nitpick the plot of this versus, you know, some of these other movies? I mean, it, it's it's just a popcorn film. That's, I mean, that's what I went into it expecting and that's what I got. So, I mean, I, you know, it worked for me. Um, yeah.
0: You know what? The thing is, I feel like with the guys that you're talking about that are nitpicking, I feel like you're not supposed to l- like the mainstream films. You're supposed to. I think when it comes to a horror podcast or a horror cast, as I, I said that horribly, <laughs> a <laughs> horror cast, if I enunciated that correctly. That's all I right. Think the thing about it is, is that we're supposed to really kind of like the cheesy B film type movies and there was once upon a time, more or less back in the 80s, when slasher films were mostly that vibe, even if they were higher production films. But now with this, you know, high dollar films, we're for some reason, we're supposed to snub these. It's like a it's like a thing, you know, it's almost like, hey, you're part of this group, but you can't sit with us because you too much money was spent making you. I don't know. I feel like that's a thing. And that's what I'm wondering is the cause for these guys to basically give this film the attention that they did versus how they felt about other you know type of films that you mentioned
1: yeah i i mean like i said i don't understand it i mean i you know it's there there are certain films that that if you i mean co- okay so my perfect example of this would be because of my recommendation uh four and a half i, I would al- almost probably say a five at this point just now that i've had time to marinate on it uh midnight mass mm-hmm. perfect God, I need to see that perfect you know story structure; it was well thought out. Like it was, you know, like the plots there. You know, story writing. If you want to go into, I mean, you know, yes, I appreciate that more for the overall like package of what it does. It, it's not really scary to me, but I mean, a lot of these movies are not because I'm dead inside now. But um, you know, it's one of those things where you know, I, I don't, I don't take a film like that and compare it to Halloween Kills. I mean, because a slasher is not. To me, something that needs to have like the most complicated plot. It doesn't need to. I mean, there, there, you can do things with a genre where you can make it smart. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's not you know it, that's not a requirement for me to enjoy myself during a slasher. I mean, you know, if you want to go into it like Scream and make a meta comment, you know, that's that's cool. That's a new twist. But if you just want to throw the kills in there and just you know, kind of you know, have a, a fun roller coaster ride with it. That's what a slasher is to me. So when I go into one, I don't sit there and like, oh, well, he really wouldn't have been there because he only walks like, you know, two feet, you know, every, you know, whatever. So he there's no way that Michael could catch up with this person that's running at full bore, you know, or whatever stupid thing, you know, like you could sit there and just totally, you know, do that with any of these slashers because they're really dumb whenever it comes to the plot. I mean, it's just like bad guy kills bad guy kills for you know revenge or bad guy kills because he's a pedophile in the case of you know freddy or whatever but i mean like it's not uh you know it's not a requirement to to me to have a, a good plot in those movies because they they generally they're just there for the you know they're just the fun of watching the you know the slasher go about his business really
0: Yeah, so do you think they're setting up some kind of expectation, like there's going to be this amazing storyline? You think that they're wanting some kind of redemption for these characters? I know that's a big thing lately. Like, give Michael Myers redemption. Not specifically Michael Myers, but villains in particular.
1: I don't think in this case it is. I think they were going, uh, you know, and I don't know where they came up with this at. 2018. Uh, Halloween 2018 is a movie that upon initial viewing, I was kind of, I was kind of mad on to be perfectly honest. I was like, I like parts of it, but then again, it doesn't really, I mean, like it had that same kind of problem in, in a sense with me where I was kind of like in the middle, I'm like, okay, he's stalking, it's Michael Myers. He's kind of stalking through the bushes again. Here we go. And, re- and the funny thing is, and I mentioned this to Fred, you know, in the Scooby chat, you know, that, um. I actually appreciate Halloween 2018 more because this movie gives more background to that one and actually fills in some of the gaps. And there's like characters that actually, like you saw minor characters in the background of 2018 that get kind of like a little bit more, you know, prominence in this one. And I appreciate the world building. They're doing more because of that. And, but I mean like, you know, I but all these people that hate Halloween kills, they, they, they tend to like 2018 more. And, you know, they, because I guess they focus more on, like, the pain and trauma that, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, went through. And and I appreciate that. But the same same people who hate that aspect are trouncing all over, like, one aspect of the Halloween Kills, which is the fact that there's other people in the community that were adversely affected by Michael Myers back in, you know, 70, you know, 8 or whenever, you know, he was supposed to have killed, uh, you know, the babysitters. And uh, I like the aspect that they're building up where it's not just like the, the final girl that was traumatized, but it's the whole community that was traumatized by what he did. And it kind of, and it kind of spurs them into doing things that, you know, are or a lot of people are giving them shit over, you know, it's like, well, you know, why would the community, you know, be basically turned into a mob? Spoiler alert, but they, you know, that's kind of what the movie's about. And I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, you know, if you, you know, I like that aspect of where they're building up that PTSD and some of that trauma can actually, you know, uh, I mean, for better or worse, can galvanize people into doing terrible things like that just because they, you know... They're, they're, you know, it's not just the final girl that that had to deal with the loss of their family. There's other people in that community that were hurt by this, and I, and oh I,
0: yeah, big time. And he it's like lots. He took many lives.
1: And it, it, well, I mean, that's what you know, that's what the the red letter guys, you know, red letter media were complaining about. It's like, well, he really only killed three people in the original movie, but I'm just like that expands out. I mean, you know, you get. The the people who were traumatized by that, I mean, they're, you know, it kind of expands from that. And and it just takes a few people who are, you know, really, you know, tore up and and that sort of thing to kind of get other people under their, you know, into their mania, basically. And I kind of think that's what David Gordon Green was kind of trying to communicate as a director that, you know, and it maybe it's a meta comment about. You know how what the lives we're living in 2021 or 2020 at the very least, but I mean it only takes a few hurt people to get other people to join into their you know to you know their mob mentality, oh, and I yeah. don't you know I don't understand, and 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 a lot of people are like throwing that out there. It's like, well, I you know I don't I don't this doesn't make any sense. This is unrealistic. I'm like <laughs> I even posted on a forum. Uh, and on Facebook, I'm like, you all have never worked with the public, you know, do a retail job and see how, easy, <laughs> see how people are. I mean, you'll, you'll truly see that people are just on the razor's edge of going psycho and they, they just need that little bit of a match on the gasoline to, to kind of join in.
0: Oh my God, it's so true. <laughs> I'm going to throw in real quick. I've unplugged my laptop because I don't want, we, we're we in the middle of a huge storm out here in California, which probably would be very mediocre from coming from where you guys are in <laughs> it's like a <laughs> sprinkle of rain I'm just kidding no it's it's a it's an awesome storm I love when it storms out here I'm a weirdo like that and the lights are starting to go out in my house and it is creepy as fuck in my dark studio so <laughs> you hear me scream you just need to know something probably happened in terms of but yeah I won't lose power on my computer so
1: good mood setter there it really the, is yes while it.
0: you're talking about Halloween I'm like no not right now, Michael, I'm recording.
1: <laughs> In the interest that we can get all the rest of this done, I'm just going to move on real quick to the medium. Yeah, I want to hear is about the movie that. I mentioned on Shutter. It's, it, it's a documentary style film, uh, which, you know, if you want to nitpick that, how did they get the footage, you know, after the events of the movie, you know, whatever, Blair Witch effect, it's that sort of thing. Somebody found it or whatever. But, anyways, the documentary filmmakers are doing a found footage type film where they're. They're trying to investigate shamans and like how they come about their power and all this and it's and it's set in Thailand and it's kind of like, I mean it's a foreign film with subtitles and they've met this one particular um, uh, shaman. Who uh, and I can't remember the goddess's name, but it, it's like Bao Yan or something like that. That she's she's supposed to be like this goddess protector of the of the village, and and this shaman is and is, is possessed basically by her spirit, and she you know she treats the people in the village for their. You know, uh, every day, or well, like their spiritual sicknesses. She even there's a good little line in the movie where she mentioned she's like, if you come to me and you got some kind of problem that needs to go to a doctor, you're going to a doctor. I can't treat your physical pains, but you know, if it's spiritual in nature, you know, I, through her power, I can you know treat you. And so, they start out and they talk about in the movie. It's it's in their in their uh, religion, I guess it is. All creatures have spirits. I mean, whether that's plants, animals, bugs, you know, everything. So that kind of sets up some things for later. But they also mention in in the movie that it's uh, she's basically. Uh, she got her power because her family line is... Uh, there's somebody in her family that's always chosen for some reason. And it was originally it went to her sister, but her sister rejected it, uh, the goddess's blessing of uh, possessing her, and, uh, and turned to Christianity, actually. And so it fell to her sister, who became the shaman. And now... For some, uh, it seems that uh, her, uh, the shaman's niece, you know, the original uh, ladies uh, who was supposed to have be, been, you, know, you know, the shaman that rejected it, it's her daughter. She's actually experiencing the symptoms now of, oh, of, you know, becoming a shaman. So they they swap, you know, after they realize this, to kind of following her and kind of her, you know, uh, introduction into the, the shaman or, you know, life or whatever. And... Things go badly because, uh, you know, it's in the movie, but basically uh, if you're the the gist of it is, is her body is an open uh, receptor to, you know, whatever spirits trying to manifest itself in her and and her mother goes out of her way to kind of, uh, you know, kind of reject that goddess, that good goddess that protects the village. So that opens her up. And, And another thing that happens in the movie opens her up to other things taking over because she's, you know, she's just, you know, receptive to that kind of thing. And it becomes basically like a possession type film from then on and it it's it's great. I mean, it for what it is and the way they filmed it and just some of the scenes. I mean they're they're pretty unnerving.
0: Well, Um, you know, it sounds like it wasn't a case of her body, her choice. Because it sounds like come one come (laughs) all
1: (laughs) Uh you wouldn't be wrong in that. It's actually the come one come all line is actually fairly accurate for what happens later on but it uh, uh when when i in the in christianity legion you know means many you know demons or whatever she's uh legion times a thousand if you want to think of it that way oh, so she becomes very very scary at one point in the movie I I, there's only thing one thing that I would say is it's most horrified I've been watching a movie, not because some of the other things they've done, because, you know, as a horror fan, you get used to this stuff. But there is a major row raggy in that. Mm -hmm. And that's our code word for like, you know, animal, uh, especially specifically a pet dying. It is the roughest thing I've ever seen put to film. Like they went out there with it. I mean, outside of maybe, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, where they actually killed animals which, uh, you know, I think caused, uh, you know, the studios to, you know, stop that from then on. Um, This is probably the most horrific thing I've seen put to film when it comes to a pet. So just be aware of that if you're, you know, if you really, you know, are are tore up about that sort of thing. It makes the the little doggy scene and uh, Needful Things uh, look like, you know, just basically something out of a children's, you know, book or something like that, a little... It's it's way more intense than that.
0: La Yarena supports the murder and the killing and the capturing of children. She does not support <laughs> killing the animals. You leave the animals alone. I don't care if it's a cow. I don't care if it's a cat. I don't care if it's a little mouse. You don't touch them.
1: Well, they prepare you for that fact in the movie because the, the woman that it happens to, because the woman that's, whose pet it is that it happens to, uh, actually serves dogs as, as a food source to people it's it's considered illegal but she still kind of does it oh because God. of tradition in thailand so just throwing it out there that different cultures <laughs> well, different least, beliefs.
0: yes at least they <sighs> that's the hardest thing is that there has to be like we eat animals constantly obviously but you can't get mad at people that eat animals just because it's animals you choose to keep as pets and that for me is so hard but there's definitely a respect to that like you got to get it you know I don't know yeah (laughs) I don't like it but you just got to step back and be like okay just don't touch my dog
1: But I definitely check it out if you've got Shudder. Um, it, somebody made the joke that on one of those horror forums that I'm part of on Facebook that it should be called Mink. And that's the name of the niece in the movie. And I don't disagree because most of the movie is people going, Mink! Mink! Where Mink? Where Mink? Oh my god,
0: one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it's, it's really good. So, but... In the interest of time moving forward let's get to our first movie uh this one is the the devil and daniel webster
0: if you enjoyed this episode at the beginning of the end of season one the devil's in the details of death holler please look forward to our next episode where we continue the review of the devil and daniel webster Death Holler is brought to you by Los Diablos Blancos Network with your host, the Reverend Dr. Death and La Yarena. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. We'll catch you next time. And don't forget to bring your death certificate.